Get your club plug and rub it up your butt, bud. It's First Issue Club. Well, you can say a lot of things about First Issue Club, but one thing you can't say is that we're not consistent. We're back for another week of talking about comic books, specifically First Issue comic books. And there's three new ones that came out this week. What are they, Budget King? Well, this week we're in for a doozy. We have Marvel Zombie out on none other than Marvel. That's a number one. <laughs> cool. Then we got Exorcisters. Issue number one out on Image Comics. And finally, we have Shuri from Marvel, number one. Not a lot of first issues out this week, but I think we got a smorgasbord of fun here. I, this, pitch, I pitched Marvel zombie t- Zombies to you guys, and you were apprehensive. I thought it was well, going to be stupid, but we will get to that when we get to that. Yeah. And I haven't introduced you yet. You cannot talk. Oh, Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Guys, I would love to meet the members of the club that are here this week to talk about First Issue comic books. This week we're talking about three different books that all have a character that either body swaps with somebody or takes on another identity or mantle. Um, So I'm wondering if you guys could Freaky Friday somebody and swap bodies, who would you Freaky Friday? This is Budget King and I would actually do uh, Lindsay Lohan. Um, Okay. (laughs) I'm actually a huge fan of hers, and she was recently in the news for uh, trying to liberate some what she thought were uh, child slaves, I think. Uh Uh-huh. And turns out they weren't, and then she got punched in the face by the mom. What? She's on a downward spiral in life, but She's been on a downward spiral for the last 10 years. Yeah, and have you seen her talk recently? She sounds like Little Wayne after he smoked too much coke. Like oh, it's like no. really bad. You don't smoke coke, crack. You can smoke. I was, I was like, say, you can smoke crack. Coke? Yeah, you wow. smoke crack, right? I you don't know. Sm- yeah, I don't know. I'm <laughs> sorry <laughs> to hear that. I think about her a lot, and I just hope for the best for her. Well, I think I could turn her life around, and then when she's me, she could turn my. Li- I think my wife would love hanging out with a Lindsay Lohan version of me. <laughs> so is yeah, that you, like you uh, got to think about that aspect of that person mm-hmm. taking and on she's you. also skilled in this aspect of of. Body possession. Yeah, she knows the ropes. Yeah. <laughs> this is Greg Lichtai, and I would be the dog from Airbud. <laughs> patches. I'd be Patches. <laughs> the one that's currently still alive. Okay. Oh, the, the yeah. new mantle. Like, the thing like what the about third, a spooky the, buddy? Oh, and they the, might still one, be around. One of the little guys? Mm-hmm. Uh, any one of those dogs from the Airbud franchise, I would gladly switch places with. The thing I'm most intrigued about about the Airbud decision is that we did agree before this that the other person would inhabit your body. And I'm really <laughs> interested yeah. to see what Greg's body with Air Bud inside of it would uh, be like. Not much different. <laughs> yeah. Food, pizza, pizza, yeah. pizza. The idea of a dog I'm your best friend. in your body, in your work clothes at your desk is just... Just scratching at you, you think a dog could perform your day job? Uh, no, but a monkey can. <laughs> uh, my name is Caitlin, and I'm actually glad that you said Lindsay Lohan, because I would body swap with Herbie, because <gasps> I have always wanted to know what it's like to be fully loaded, and I think that um, Herbie, as me, would probably give me, like, some positive energy at yeah. work. Mm-hmm. I could always use that. I'm kind of grumpy lately. At work, so I think it would be good. Win-win. Uh, my name's Mike DeStacy, and I would switch places with Jay Leno 
I think it's it's because you know you know I've I noticed this thing and uh, I've always wanted to tell people about this thing that I thought is crazy you know and I say it'd be a great opportunity to like tell you know tell people like, hey, look, at, look at this and you, 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 you're not gonna believe this it's in the news today. Do, do you you're a big uh, you're a big proponent of the fan that he's not funny? I actually love Jalen. I'm in the incredible. Minority of millennials who love Jay Leno. So you're not a Letterman guy. Well, okay, I'll say this. As far as talk shows go, I liked The Late Show and Letterman more. But when you see Jay Leno on another show or when he's doing interviews with people like off the cuff, he's such a funny motherfucker. But you're a Seinfeld guy. I love Seinfeld. And Seinfeld hates Leno. That's not true. No, that's not true. In the commercial, he goes, Leno. Like oh. Newman. I thought it was Conan <laughs> that hated him. Oh, him and Conan do because not get along. Because of the thing. Because the of the job. Yes. Right. Yeah, the job. Let's get this podcast started. Better judgment this week. Greg talked us into covering uh, Marvel Zombie number one from Prince Raphael and Rosenberg. And it's amazing that it's the pick of the week. <laughs> Would you say so? Can we preemptively call this the pick of the week? Anybody else? I, if I was covering this book, I was gonna I was gonna intro it as the pick of the week. It blew me away, to be honest. So I'll start with saying that 15 years ago, almost to the day, I walked into my comic book shop. And I saw a zombie comic book, and I said, man, I'm so over zombies. Zombie shit is so overdone and played out, and it's always the same. And I didn't buy this comic book, and this comic book turned out to be Walking Dead number one. And then Marvel Zombie came back and... Uh... And I said, oh, no, I got to. I, this could be the next Walking Dead. <laughs> Mike bought 60 copies of this book. So I am bought in, and now I'm just trying to convince you it's good. <laughs> <laughs> by calling it the pick of the week. Uh, spoiler, we liked this. So the central premise of this is that there is a zombie who isn't fully taken over by zombie brains, eating human guts, madness. <laughs> like he's got like a he's got a moral compass still. He doesn't eat them at all, right? Yeah, he doesn't eat people at all. Like he's he's got some wherewithal, like some self awareness and a mind of his own. This is like full blown, like deteriorating, rotten flesh, like ooh, zombie. But we're getting his like inner dialogue. <laughs> so yes, <laughs> he's got he's got the brains to like think to himself, but he can't like execute on any of it. And there was this kind of fun like ongoing narrative throughout where he was like, "My friends call me," ooh. Yeah. <laughs> and then they pay it off real sweetly at the end because he makes friends with a uh, little kid. There's a little kid that we get like a. A letter to his mommy at the beginning of the book. Did you guys read that or just skip right past it? I read it. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're asking Caitlin. <laughs> I read everything, okay? What's the subtitle of this with Marvel Zombie? <laughs> there isn't one. Oh, trick question. I said hopefully. It's it's uh, even more than him just having an inner dialogue. He is becomes part of the plot 
that the defenders are going to use to kill the horde that's facing them. And he's, like, got so much self-awareness about, like, I've just made this great friend. I don't want to give up my other friends who know my name. And, like, I'm going to just go willingly into this mission. It was kind of sad, wasn't it? So what Caitlin's talking about is essentially you've got, like, a few remaining superheroes that haven't been zombified yet. And little by little, they're just fighting off hordes of zombies and trying to save, like, the few remaining um, people it's, who aren't zombified. It's so interesting the who they picked. So is the Defenders a pre-existing supergroup? Well, w- what? I don't know. <laughs> the Defenders? Uh, sorry. Is that something everybody knows? Well, sorry, I'm t- not trying to be a gatekeeper here, but it was a TV show yeah, on it was Netflix. A TV show. Okay, I knew that. But these that these are not the same people. No, that, so the that's de- true. The Defenders has been classically like a New York super team that isn't quite up to the level of the Avengers, and they don't have superpowers, right? No, they've always had superpowers. I guess Luke Cage does. Yeah, yeah, it's Luke Cage, so Ele- it's Electra, Jones. Uh, the, Jessica Jones, the Netflix Daredevil. one, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. okay, Iron Fist, Iron Fist, Daredevil. Okay, so here it's still just like they're I. I think I can. We can gather they're in New York City. Is that right? Yeah. So they they probably just took over that name, just like they were they were the pe- band who was defending New York. So Got they, it. They okay. took over the mantle. And of the Peter defenders. Parker's from there too, right? Yeah, you could say Pete is from the Bronx. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when he spun a web in between the World Trade Center and then mm. they had to cut the scene out after nine eleven after it aired? Ooh. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. I do remember that. Web betwixt the towers. <laughs> yes. Man, one of the super cool things about this was, you know, they keep saying, um, oh, familiar at 3 o'clock and stuff like that. When they say familiar, well, remind me what familiar means. I think you guys are... So a familiar is a... Well, I don't know. what well, Here it doesn't mean this, but in traditional fantasy sense, it means it's an animal that you've, like, soul bonded with. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That's what a familiar is? Mm-hmm. So I think in the context of this book, and maybe this is a military context too, is that it's someone they're aware of. So I think they say uh, familiar like on your left, and then the next panel they show like a classic Marvel character that's turned into a zombie. Mm-hmm. Like, there's oh. all kinds of, like, weird bad guys yeah. in this. Yeah, that yes. was cool. And and I think the, part of the thing is probably that some of these zombies are harder to tackle because they were enhanced people or super-powered people. Mm-hmm. So you uh, think it's the person who they are familiar to saying, like, this is my familiar, someone else has to come kill it? No, no I, think, I think they're just calling them out. I okay. think they're just calling them out that like, oh, we got to watch out because yeah. there's someone we recognize as like a powered person. Super okay. zombie. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what did you guys think about Doc Ock oh, zombie? Oh, I was just going to fucking mention fucking that. Fucking crazy, How right? have to black it out so that it doesn't look so absolutely disgusting and when this, his spine comes oh, out? Oh, and this oh, brought me crazy. back to like the conversation we had on last week's podcast about how it was like, oh, you know, when you have a book with Spider-Man, you can't really do anything too gruesome. And then this has a gross, repulsive Dr. Octopus with, like, nasty, tiny hands growing out of his back. And then his Spider-Man rips the tiny arms and his spine and the top half of his head off with web. And I think that's his, like, tongue, yeah, like, dangling off of the top half of his head. But you only see it, like, silhouetted. 
There's really never, like, blood in this. Still pretty gnarly. But that is, like, gruesome. Yeah. I loved it. I thought it was great. <laughs> Sorry, that was mid-yawn for me, what? but I fucking <laughs> love it. We're recording scene. very late, FYI. So <laughs> if you hear some yawns throughout, that's why. This is a one-off, right? Yeah. Which is a bummer. I know. I but how love... they ended it, it kind of has to be. Yep. That's, but I still would have liked to see it because I it's think that it could have gone on. Oh, this like, totally could have gone. Yeah. On. Okay, so let's let's tackle like the the premise of the book. So this zombie we were talking about earlier, who has uh, some sort of thought, is wearing this weird necklace. There's this young kid who's a survivor of the zombie apocalypse, and he also finds the same exact necklace. What it does is bonds the two. So. Um, this young kid can, by proxy, control the zombie character. Uh, the superhero team, the Defenders, finds out that he can do this with the other zombie. And they decide to, like, suicide bomb the other zombies by having him mind control this zombie into the middle of a horde. Uh, this is where the book gets really fucked up. Am I explaining this for way too long? No, this is great. Nope. So this is where the book, I think, gets really fucking crazy. is, And it's n- totally where you would not expect a superhero book like this to go. Um, the kid at this point feels a bond and relationship with the zombie that he's paired with through the necklace and considers him, you know, a friend, someone who saved him from other zombies. The chapter earlier, I don't know if we mentioned that. And he says, I want to spare this guy. And they, he spares his zombie pal at the cost of all of the defenders' lives who are being overtaken by zombies. So you see them getting torn apart and eaten, and they just, like, venture off into the distance to, like, explore the zombified world. Got a little quiz for you. Yeah. What else has W. Uh, Maxwell Prince written? Kind of obvious. I don't understand the question. The Hulk? What? This author. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he wrote uh, Ice Cream Man. Oh. oh. Uh, you know. Kind of makes sense. Ice right? cream. Yeah, it really does. So this this <laughs> book, because this book was a sweet treat. Oh uh, yes, this book super rewards uh, a Marvel fan that is into zombies. Like, there's so many weird cameos mm-hmm. and like. It's. I think it's fun to see your favorite superheroes play out in like another era or realm or things like that. Yeah. Um, and so there's. It's loaded with that, and then a really just like great, touching story. Yeah, I don't oh. think my description of it did it justice. Really, like it's very stark and touching, and I don't know. The end of it just left me shook. I was like, I can't believe they ended it this way. Well, yeah. touching it may be. Uh, Moon Girl fucked over the entire Defenders team because they're dead now. Yes. Because she let the zombie go and didn't blow up the horde of zombies. Yeah, she essentially let this little kid take the zombie guy. And so she feels some remorse for this kid who's like, now I feel bonded to this zombie dude. And she's like, hey, that happened to me. I had to let go of my dinosaur. Uh... Which I'm, I'm I gonna get. Let you ride out on this. I understand that. I don't know that I would still let a big group of people die. She knew like, this kid for ten for minutes. That. I know. I'd be like, "Fuck your zombie." He's I'd be like, undead. 
I'll we'll try to find another way to get the bomb in there. Maybe. Yeah, I'm so intrigued by who this zombie is and what he's got going on in his brain. I I, I would love for this to be an if this was an ongoing series, I would pick book number two up for absolutely. fucking sure. He reminds me of the Hulk. He has purple pants. He's got that. And he, he has a green tone to him. In visual metal hair. Yeah. Why does he have an amulet on him? That's just another amulet just sitting out in in the world. See, that's why we need. A number two. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's the reason that he did retain some sort of like yes. cognizance? I think. Well, yeah. He had I, the necklace on. I agree. Yeah, I think it's the amulet. I, like I said, was shocked about how good this book was. To no hype whatsoever. This book came out with a silent fart, and <laughs> it was. Unassuming. That's a technical term. <laughs> yes. Unassuming unhyped books are sometimes the best. Yeah, such a well, such a fun crowd pleaser. I think the thing with that type of book that Caitlin was talking about is that the publishers take chances maybe on weirder authors who do more interesting things as opposed to the safe guys who they have helm like not ne- maybe not necessarily safe but proven authors who they know like people love and are going to do like the right things that the people want with the characters they love. Um, this you got this guy who wrote like a super weird fucked up independent comic book that was a horror story and he knocked this out of the park alright next up we got Exorcisters Exorcisters is the hit TV show Sister Sister in Hell Roger (laughs) is Roger a character from Sister Sister Roger. Of course. Go home, Roger. Yeah. That's not what this comic book is. <laughs> Go home, demons. Okay, but you know what this comic book is? It's like a Satan-fueled monk or something. <gasps> I said Rizzolian Isles. Did you? Yes. Oh. Yeah. Thank you. I, I agree. Honestly, yeah. that's seriously what it is. I would totally watch like a uh, weekly fun crime drama with that was like set in hell, which means that this is never going to get picked up for a yeah, TV ever, show because ever, 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 ever. Uh, it would be so great. Here, here's what they do if they want to get picked up. They start with the surprise ending because I think that's what really sells the book. This uh, extra sisters is not really sisters. It's the soul transmorphed of a person named Kate. Yeah. Um. So there's two Kates, one with a K, one with a C, and. Uh, Everybody thinks they're sisters, but it's really just the soul of one Kate. The disembodied soul taking on a human form. They're like Murder, She Wrote for devil shit. Yes. Um, Well put. (laughs) So what Murder, She Wrote should have been. Yeah. (laughs) If you just add a dash of devil shit to this, (laughs) Les Moonves would have just said that in the meeting. You tell me Angela Lansbury wasn't satanic. That's true. And I'll eat my hat. Yeah. We should say... uh, this is Someone by, tell him. Yeah, please be right. <laughs> hey! I'm just kidding. Murder she, off the hat. Just murder she don't. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about murder she don't. This is, if you like comedy, you like devil shit, and you like uh, mystery, then, uh, yeah, then you like this comic. And those are all things that are definitive to who I am. <laughs> when I first cracked open this book and saw the illustration, it reminded me of Archie, and I was like, I'm probably going to hate this book. Oh, it's so much she like did Archie. Archie. Because she, did, she did Archie. Really? Which I later found out. Yeah. <laughs> and that was just like, well, that makes sense. But like, 
the combining of the two, I was like, this is going to come off too, too cheesy. And it worked on multiple layers for this book. The jokes get delivered in a weird, it's dark. And you think the way that this book is like drawn is like seems like it would be more lighthearted. And it's like the when I read the jokes or when they land and things like that, I'm like, oof. But I like that. It adds some extra punch to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I agree. One of the things that I really liked about this was as I was reading through it, one of the characters was frustrating me because they were real just like, fuck off. Mm-hmm. And then the other one was doing all the work. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, man, this character is so unlikable. But when you figure out at the end that the dynamic between them is like one is like a disembodied spirit, like it makes more sense that one of them would be more like passive and then the other one mm-hmm. is taking control. A little yin and yang. Right. I no, I, I actually didn't see uh, that little twist. No, I never saw that coming. Oh, I don't... If you said you saw that coming, you're a fucking liar. Yeah. (laughs) I was just frustrated with the character, and then I think it all made sense. I was surprised that a a mother would name their kids Kate and Kate and just make one with a K and one with a C, though. So that... I always enjoy seeing um, different artists' interpretation of hell. Mm -hmm. Totally. Because there's always... and, And no matter what, there's always structure to hell. There's always rooms. There's always, like... Places to walk, like it's crazy that they actually give form to what is supposed to be the uh, epitome of chaos and madness. And like, there's doorways, and people have their own rooms. And like, I'm sure there's probably a Starbucks down there or something where they get your name wrong on the cups all the time. But <laughs> it's just funny how people <laughs> the, the creatures of hell were so fun and like cutesy, mm-hmm. and like the uh, the character design in that was awesome. I hope they keep going to hell because it's great oh, oh for they sure will. they better she go back make... every single episode yeah I she can make episode. portals <laughs> episode. i'm already thinking about it like it's yeah. a tv show i mean it is like so typical of your like true crime drama with like the funny twist at the end where you're just like oh i hadn't expected that but yeah. it's a callback to like somebody earlier in the story that you wouldn't have suspected yeah that was extra sisters uh if you're in the devil shit <laughs> and don't. And oh, you're just like my sister Allison. Yes, don't fuck the devil because the <laughs> devil fuck you. <laughs> we should make like little bumpers for oh our my show. God, that's and something like, that Allison would say. It's just our faces <laughs> smiling, and then in the bottom it says, "Hey, don't fuck the devil because the devil fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> First issue close. <laughs> Last up is Shuri, uh, out on Marvel, and words and art were by Okorafor and Romero, and I want to add Belair in there, too, because the color was pretty great on this book. So what happens in this book is T'Challa and Manifold go missing after they've been shot into space, and a two-week period of Shuri just kind of, like, kicking it, inventing things, and just being generally awesome— um, finally starts to catch up with her when she is kind of getting um, bombarded on all sides by her mother, by this group of women who've decided to take up again, meeting in secret to discuss the world of Wakanda and its problems. And then like also the ancient spirits who have been communicating with her since she has ventured into that world and come back. Um, eventually, she's going to be asked in this book to take up the mantle of being the Black Panther. 
It is a little frustrating, even though this is like a pure heroine story. It's very much about her, her um, narrative. But it's a little frustrating that it still is taking like the absence of a man <laughs> to give her this opportunity and to do this thing. And she she's got what it takes, but I don't know that it's what she wants. And it, it feels a little tense when you're reading it. Uh, yeah, I totally agree with that. It's um, she was uh, it mentions that she was a Black Panther before, mm-hmm. and now they're asking her to take up the helm again. Which we should mention this is a direct reference to the Black Panther book that is out currently. Yes, I would have loved for this book of, to have come out first because it's better. Well, and <laughs> One, sequentially, be- and it was, I was so lost in the Black Panther book, and this gives so much context to what the fuck was happening. When I when I was reading her notes in the back, she very politely but kind of you, it's hard to oppose this suggestion where she asks the readers to like suspend all expectations yeah. and it's just like chill babies. <laughs> it's going to go where it's going to go and just let it breathe and just try to enjoy it without trying to impose what you, we think that the other thing about like fandom this, that's so hard to write about this is like a, this is probably the book that's like squarely in the space of comics gate of like people just being like, oh, Black Panther, you know. Two, it was probably the most acclaimed Marvel movie of last year and like a huge fan favorite of people. So now, and Shuri was one of the most be- like beloved characters yep. in that movie. So now you have to incorporate that. And frankly, this Shuri is like holistically different than the movie Shuri, mm-hmm. but she even talks about how she has to incorporate, she has to incorporate some of the movie Shuri in there. And I think that that, to me, is, like, that's kind of the point I would just be, like, deuces. Like, I'm out. Like, I, I can't. Like, there's just, there's too much pressure. What do you mean? Like You mean, you, as a writer. As a writer. You would be like, oh, I okay. don't want to yeah, 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 sorry. Not, not, as not, a re- as a, not as an audience person. As a reader, she killed it. She, she did the impossible and, like, incorporated everything. As a writer, I would just be like, it's too much. You're asking too much of me. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I was impressed by was that the book served as a really good... Um, origin story primer for who Shuri is as a character. So if you're coming from like movie knowledge or zero knowledge, you get like a really quick hit backstory of who the character is. Um, and at the same time, we get this interesting narrative that we're given in a story that stands on its own. It was really, really easy to just jump in. Yeah. For sure. We weren't bogged down with dialogue in this either, yeah. which I thought was nice. I also think just calling it Shuri is super cool. Uh-huh. Like not giving it a like Wakanda's Shuri or whatever. Yeah. It's like... Or Princess of... Yeah. Yeah. Or they, they could have easily called this Black Panther. Oh, they could have because she becomes Black Panther. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. Which is... I think it's a, a bolder choice to call it Shuri. Because mm-hmm. it's just like... Like Caitlin said, like Black Panther, like you, you get that male image first in your head with Black Panther, but they wanted you to make sure that, no, this is about Shuri and her journey and how she's going to save Wakanda, or at least make it unified. Yeah. What'd you guys think of the artwork? I loved it. Ditto. I I agree. 
Yeah, it it is not what I expected. This cover is one of the A cover. Oh. The number one cover is one of the most beautiful covers I've it's, ever seen in my entire life. If this was a variant that cost ten bucks, I still would have bought totally. it. Totally, it's could, fucking gorgeous. I can't get over. Did you see the preview of the next one? It's just as good. I it's will keep so, buying these. It's so good based on how good the cover looks alone, and it's a bonus treat that the story within is good. <laughs> I I could not get over how good this cover mm-hmm. was. Yeah, but then when the artwork is drastically different, so I it it was good. But it was just a little bit jarring to go from like what is maybe now my top five covers of all time <laughs> uh, <laughs> to like okay that's what the artwork is yeah well but the, I think it felt genuine it did it was good it was definitely good it's it's kind of odd I get I feel like I get maybe where you're going with this that like the cover work, artwork is so has a sense of like realism and it's so striking in a certain way that when you open the book and you get something very cartoony it almost takes you out of at what, times it felt a little what your, goofy what your expectation was because the cartoony style is kind of silly to a sense you can only take it so seriously where if i looked at the cover and i told and you asked me what do you think this comic book is about given my knowledge of the marvel universe already i would say we're going to take a super in-depth look at shuri as a person and what it means to be like royalty and like, overlooked by a sibling who is, you know, more famous or has a birthright that you don't have. But instead, it's like an adventure comic. Uh, Even the conversation as I'm saying these things, I'm like, God, again, to reinforce, what a thankless job (laughs) writing this comic book is or anything in the world of Wakanda because you're under such a magnifying glass. And the other thing about it, too, is that she has more fame not writing this book like she already has her fame <laughs> yeah and right. and so then she's like gonna take the i don't know i think she just really wanted to write it probably yeah. you know what i mean like i'm sure they probably approached her and she was like uh yes totally yes and my uh friend met her at a conference and said that she is the most like the nicest most endearing person you'll meet as an author that's great which does not surprise me because this book has a genuine appeal to it I thought the artwork was more of like a storybook, like maybe like a cultural, like, I don't know. It That's what it felt like to me, the use of the color and like, it didn't necessarily feel cartoony as much as it did like, I I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like there was some sense of like traditional, yes. like fairy yes. tale kind of telling yes. to it. Yeah. I could see that. Wha- just the way the birds, like every time yep. she flies and goes yeah. into that transformation, it just felt. No, I was raising my hand because I wanted to talk about uh, the birds. Oh, okay. Okay. Free, free pass to do it. Yeah. <laughs> you want every, us to start the clock? Every episode we let Greg say one thing, <laughs> and if you want to use it on this man, feel free to go ahead. Oh, uh, what was that all about? She can be birds. So her, this time she spent into the afterlife gave her, like, super... Uh, Wakanda powers. I got that. Like, so she learned all these things from the ancient ones when she crossed over into the uh, like what, the whatever dream, the name, the name the of dream that plant land. Is. That's introducing something new. But we are getting a lot of world building into this book too. There's the map. There's a lot more of the. I yeah. I, and I love it if Wakanda holds this spirituality that you can tap into that gives you extra powers outside of their science. 
that to me makes it awesome. Well, and it makes you think that Shuri's going to be the best Black Panther ever because she's already, without being imbued with power, uh, has tapped into some sort of supernatural power. She's the smartest person in Wakanda, as far as I can tell. And now she's going to be past the mantle of Black Panther, and I don't know if that means she goes through any sort of ceremony that gives her T'Challa's powers or what. Her, like, name is Ancient Future. Oh. It's so fucking badass. Yeah, that's a fucking awesome yeah, name. Yeah, that is such, and that was, a uh, ta Coates gave her that name. Yeah. I, yeah. I love, I love it. When this book came out, I was like, I'm glad she's getting a book, but, like, I feel like Marvel gets a pass when they're like, hey, we did a Shuri book. And they, like, could do way more female things. Like, and they're just like, hey, you know, we did a Shuri book. And I felt like there was a lot, like, those two things combined, I was like, eh, I'm just not that excited about this. But. You thought the, it was going to be, like, pandering? And, like, a just little bit. kind of, like. Yeah, being, like, Marvel being, like, we did this, like, book, this character that, you know, that you love. us and, about the other things. Yeah. And, just, yeah. Our and, and if you didn't notice, she's a black uh, female. Like, yeah. the, and, and it takes, yeah, and it takes your focus off of all the other things they don't do in the diversity but it and then sorry in 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 a chance for, to be diverse um but this book was standalone good like enjoyable yeah all right that was a podcast that was an episode yep thanks for listening we really appreciate you and who you are and everything about you this is uh first issue club we recorded in kcr 893 studios we are, have our music recorded by Primary Color Music. Matthew Hodap takes time out of his life every fucking week to edit this bullshit podcast mm-hmm. and make mm-hmm. it into a work of art. That's why he's a great part of this team. He's a great club member. We don't get to hear from him enough. And uh, if you're ever in the Windy City, look him up. We're part of the Fountain City Frequency family of podcasts. Hey, you guys, if, you, if you're if you just sitting around, I want you to fold your fingers. Don't put this in the podcast. In the, uh, like, <laughs> is uh, this your closer? Yeah. This is Budget King, and if you guys are just sitting around, I want you to fold your fingers like you're doing the uh, the try symbol for Jay-Z, the Hova sign, and I want you to snap it in it. Yours is powerful. It sounds fucking, it sounds fucking cool. Uh, First Issue Club does not claim (laughs) any responsibility if you break your fingers (laughs) while doing this. Or if you sprain them. Or if you sprain them. Do people know if there's a Jay-Z symbol? I didn't know that was a thing. It doesn't do this. Hove! Yeah. He does that? That's not what you were doing. It's more of like a... Like all of your fingers. Yeah, okay, sorry. Pray with all your fingers. (laughs) Like you're praying praying to Allah. Um, Who else do people pray for? Jesus. Um... Any God you believe in. Yeah. <laughs> I think an easier way to say this would be put all your fingertips together. Yeah. Oh, all that, of them. That's better. Yeah. Put all of them together. Sorry. This is Budget King. Put all your fingertips together and then snap them. And it's cool. Bring your fingers toward your thumbs then... in a rapid succession. <clears throat> <laughs> My name's Mike <laughs> D. And before I say goodbye, I want to tell you a fun thing. There's I have a neighbor... And their address is 9009. <laughs> and they put out their recycling bin every week and they wrote their address on it so no one steals their recycling bin. Well, the thing is, is that when we, the recycling people come and take the recycling bin, after they've taken it, they always flip our recycling bins upside down. 
to know that like they got <laughs> emptied. And so their um, recycling bin always says, boob. <laughs> oh, that's cute. Bye. <laughs> I'm Caitlin Morosik, and I will show myself out. And this is Greg Liktai signing off. Bye.